Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. This 30-minute podcast features a new author interviewed by me every single day, 365 days a year for about 30 minutes. I am also the publisher for Zibby Books, which publishes 12 books a year in fiction and memoir. Our books are already out now. You can check it out on zibbybooks.com. And we have a magazine called Zibby Mag, where we have lots of wonderful essays and lifestyle features. That's at zibbymag.com. We have classes at zibbyclasses.com. And I recently opened a bookstore in LA called Zibby's Bookshop at 1113 Montana Avenue at 11th Street in Santa Monica. I hope that you are able to enjoy some of our other offerings. But this here podcast is the basis of all of it and started in 2018. And no matter what I do, this is basically my favorite thing. Enjoy. Jane Roper is the author of The Society of Shame. And by the way, I like loved this book so, so much. Jane is the author of two previous books, a memoir, Double Time, and a novel, Eden Lake. Her short fiction essays and humor have appeared in publications, including McSweeney's Internet Tendency, The Millions, The Rumpus, Salon, and Poets and Writers, and on NPR. Jane is a graduate of the Iowa Writers Workshop and lives in the Boston area with her husband and two children. And by the way, Jane Roper's book, The Society of Shame, will be my August book club pick for Zibby's Book Club. If you're not a member, go to zibbiesbookclub.com. That's zibbiesbookclub.com, and you can learn all about it. You can even start your own chapter of the club if you are interested. Just go online and check it out. In the meantime, Jane Roper, Society of Shame. Welcome, Jane. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss the Society of Shame. Thank you so much for having me. Thrilled to be here. 
So Jane, I had seen your book picked for like all these different profiles and I don't know, different, I I just saw it getting lots of press and I just hadn't like dipped into it myself, but I was so excited to talk to you about it. And literally from the first page, I was laughing so hard. My husband and I, I started reading it out loud to him and we were crying laughing. (laughs) It's so smart. It's so funny. I'm like just such a huge fan. I'm such a huge fan. (laughs) Thank you so much. I'm so glad you laughed. That was my, that was my goal to make everyone laugh. You're just the way you think about everything and the way you describe everybody and even like Aggie's friends with like small head, just like the littlest details, just like totally got me not to mention the premise of the whole book. So anyway, let me back up and have you tell listeners what the book is about. And then I'd love to know what inspired this book and if it was what happened in the book or, you know, some of it, tell me the whole thing. Okay, sure. So the book is about Kathleen Held, who is a 47-year-old perimenopausal wife and mom married to a very up-and-coming politician. She comes home one night to find her garage on fire, her husband in his underwear, and his very disheveled mistress lying nearby. Um, On the scene, a bystander snaps a photo, and in that photo, you can see that... Not just a bystander, the funniest cab driver character that you kept going. Going. I mean, so funny. <laughs> anyway, sorry, just had yeah. To and you it. should hear the audiobook. the The audiobook reader makes him like. Oh I was even laughing at my own character because she made it so funny. <laughs> okay. But anyway, he snaps a photo, and in the photo, you can see that Kathleen has a big period stain on the back of her pants. The photo, of course, promptly goes viral. But the thing people are fixated on is not that the Senate candidate had an affair, but that she has this period stain, and she becomes this unwitting hero of this new movement called Yes we bleed to destigmatize menstruation. And then craziness ensues as she figures out how to manage her newfound fame. So funny. It's so great because it's not just about the effect of sort of some, this like shocking betrayal on her and her family and navigating being a mom while you have all these terrible things happen and being unwittingly thrust in the public eye. But then you know, the compatriots of shame, if you will, (laughs) raise an even bigger point of like what happens to all the people who are getting canceled all the time, which is an interesting question to examine. And one that the public seems to have sort of no sympathy for as a group, right? That it's okay to kind of, well, this person did that, they're canceled, let's ruin their lives. But then the the book kind of asks like, well, what about them? And what happens next? I don't know. I found it absolutely fascinating. Not to mention all the way you poke fun at at like some of the campaigns in the wider world and the Twitter sphere and like all the funny, you know, little tweets and hashtags (laughs) you make. And it's so great. It's so smart. So tell me about this whole book. And this is your first novel. This is crazy. This is my first sort of major novel. I had a novel published like ages ago with a teeny press. So this has been a really different experience. And then I also have a memoir uh, about parenting twins. We need to talk about twins. We have to talk about twins. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've always been as sort of a creature of the internet, fascinated with how quickly things snowball online and also how knee-jerk people can be. And that certainly shows up with the, you know, online shaming. And I think there certainly are times when it's appropriate and times when it's appropriate, but goes way out of proportion. So I wanted to kind of hold a mirror up to that and kind of make fun of, you know, both the canceling and the cancelees. But yeah, so Kathleen, once she's had this thing happen, she intercepts an invitation to something called the Society of Shame. And like you said, so she meets up with these other folks who have done things to varying degrees of 
awfulness to some stuff that's kind of innocent, but they're all trying to rehabilitate their images. And knowing some people who have been on the receiving end of this kind of thing, like, how do they move on? Do they actually learn and grow from it? Or is there a backlash where they kind of dig in? Like there's one character in the book that really digs in. She, she calls the police on a black utility worker, and but she refuses to kind of grow from the experience. And then there are others who do, you know, want to actually change and grow from it. So yeah, I, you know, I've always been interested in those kinds of stories. And there was an actual story that kind of sparked the idea for this, where someone came home and found his wife and her lover, like, this is actually really sad, but dead <laughs> in the car, in the garage, where they'd been fooling around. And that kind of just got me thinking about being betrayed by your spouse, but then having it having it happen in this like humiliating way that becomes a subject of jokes. And so that kind of got me thinking. You know, in James Stewart's new book, Unscripted, about Sumner Redstone, uh, he talks about how there was this huge fire at the hotel he was staying in and how he had to escape out the window. And his <laughs> that's why his hand is like maimed. But there was a girl in the room with him who had to oh. been like under the radar because obviously this was not the same time as now where right. you know, things like that could stay a little bit quieter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's sort of the same thing. Like there's a fire and what's going on and who are you caught with at any given moment? You know, it's like, what happens when, like, if you're, it's that whole adage of like, you shouldn't be doing anything you don't want on the front page of the paper. Right? Yeah, right. <laughs> Whenever you freeze frame, there could be some disaster that will capture it in time and never let people forget, you know? Yeah, exactly. And that happens over and over again in the book, not just with yes. Kathleen, but other characters too. Yeah. It's like they do some little thing and all of a sudden it blows up. And I made it, of course, over the top. But while I was writing the book, sometimes I'd write something that I thought, oh, haha, this is crazy. This would never happen. And then something like it happens. And I'm like, oh, geez, why am I bothering to try to write satire when everything's life is satire? Ah, it's crazy. I mean, it, it, I don't know when this episode's coming out, but right now it's like, I don't know, day six of the whole Sophia Coppola daughter pasta yes. viral video. Yeah. And I was literally like looking at that last night with Kyle, my husband. I'm like, this was a 49 second video. Like she's, this was just less than a minute of her life. And now like yeah. 15 million people have watched her with this pasta making, you know, <laughs> commentary on her life in the helicopter and whatever. The helicopter, yeah, yeah. And, you know that's her life. Like she'll, they'll, that's always going to be associated with her from a one minute, like maybe lapse of judgment. And right. why are we all so fascinated? And then I felt bad. Like, why am I even watching this? You know, yeah. but like, I have to see why is everybody else watching it? And of it, course, yeah. It's just, yeah. Uh, we're all, it's impossible to look away. It's like car crashes over and over again. And we're just like, we can't help. One of my favorite blurbs from the book from my friend, Steve Allman, he was, he says my, our lust for rubbernecking. And it's so true. true. Yeah. yeah. So true. How did this writing journey come to be? Like, where did you, you talk about your writing communities and Grub Street and all the places you're involved with. And, and also you said in your acknowledgements, how I guess your husband had like, he had always thought you could do it and maybe you hadn't thought you could do it, which of course mirrors the character in the book. Um, yeah. And I have to tell you also, I wrote this book blank, which is coming out next year, which is similar in some ways too, in that it's like a woman who's a writer and it's sort of like a funny take on publishing. Anyway, I have to send, I'm going to have to send it to you because yeah, uh, I don't want yeah. you to think I stole any of your ideas or anything. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's like, you know, some, some similarities. Oh, but, I'd love to, I'd love to read that. Well, yeah. <laughs> now you're, 
you're official, you're a publisher now. So yeah. No, I'm not publishing it. I actually wrote it myself. Right. No, I mean, but you are a publisher that now is in the audience as publisher. So that's the inside track. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I can't wait to read it. Yeah. I mean, it was a long journey to this book. So yeah, the thing you're referring to where my husband said, he kept telling me when I would write other things, it's good, but you're not using all your tools. You're not using all your tools. So I, I, you know, I got an MFA. I was writing, this was years ago, but I was writing very serious stuff. And the first book I wrote was this historical fiction. It was quite sincere. And and then the second novel I wrote, Eden Lake, came out with a small press. That was also not very funny. I wrote a whole other novel that didn't get published. Again, it was on these very serious themes. And yeah, my, my husband and other folks were like, why don't you write funny stuff. Like in your nonfiction, you're funny. In real life, you're kind of funny. My kids don't think I am, but I just didn't know how to bring that to fiction. And I think part of me was like, well, I have serious themes I want to explore. You know, I have to be a serious writer. So it really, I mean, this is like over the course of 15 years to get from thinking this is what I should write and this is who I should be as a writer to being like, oh, screw it. I want to have fun. Like I'm tired of just not having fun. So I just kind of I went way over the top at the beginning and that kind of gave me permission to just go with it. But it was a whole other writing experience. And I took a class with Jenna Blum, who's a fabulous writer and teacher. And there are a whole bunch of awesome writers in this class, some of whom are already published, some of whom are going to be published soon. And it was such a great experience because I felt like they're urging me on like, yeah, you could do this. You could do this. So it was, yeah, it was a total fantastic experience and it's still I'm still having fun so that's oh, good Jenna is awesome. I love Jenna. yeah so when did you start it like and did it just flow out of you like was this super fat like tell me a little more visibility into the sure sure so the I will say that the previous novel I wrote that did not get published I worked on for five years oh. granted my kids were younger then so it was a little harder and one of my daughters was getting over a, a serious illness so but still, I just like labored over the thing. And when that didn't find a home with a publisher, you know, I really grieved for a little while. But then and I was like, I'm never going to write a book again. But then this other idea came along and I was like, all right, I'm going to do this fast. I'm never again going to spend five years on a book that I don't know is going to get published. And it did. It just kind of flowed. I don't know if it's ever going to happen again. I feel like this might be like one off of a book that really just went fast. So I started it. I guess I started it in early 2019 mm-hmm. and finished it in early 2020, like just before the pandemic. That's a terrible time to try to go out and sell a book, but nevertheless. And then I had some back and forth with my agent um, to improve it. So that was the timeline. Oh my gosh. So cool. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com. The cover is so cool with the swan, which of course, once I get far enough, I realize why you did that. Uh, at first I was uh, like, the swan, I don't even know. <laughs> anyway, figured it out. Obviously. Yeah, I love the cover. I was so thrilled. It's nothing like what I expected, but when I saw it, First of all, <laughs> my agent was like, oh, it, the designer actually read the whole book because the yeah, swans yeah. do come further on, but it serves as such a great metaphor, right? Of like pride and I love the sunglasses, but also like the idea of an ugly duckling turning into a swan. So yeah, I I adore. And I keep buying blue and orange clothes and accessories and stuff. I can't stop. It's bad. Those were the colors of my wedding, I have to say. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, it's a great color. And it's so great. Yeah. That's yeah. I love blue and orange, especially yeah. the navy and this shade of orange. So wait, go back to your nonfiction book of the memoir and the twins and all of that. Tell me more about that. Sure. Yeah. So I, I wrote a memoir called Double Time, How I Survived and Mostly Thrived Through the First Three Years of Mothering Twins. And it's about my early journey as a twin mom and also dealing with depression, clinical depression at the time. But I had been blogging for a while about since ever since I was pregnant. And I had developed a certain voice and a certain approach to writing about my kids without hopefully, but it was more about me than about my kids. You know, I think like most good parenting writing is. So yeah, I just decided I want to turn this into something more of a narrative and that was that was a great experience too. That that one also kind of flowed. I find nonfiction easier than than fiction in a way, but it was yeah, it was fun to capture the as you know, like the chaos of twins, but also the fantastic parts about it. So yeah, that was a weird publishing journey though because literally six weeks after it was published, my daughter, as I said, she was diagnosed with leukemia. She's oh. great now. She's 16 years old and thriving, but also like, it was weird. <laughs> it was kind of all of a sudden it was like, oh, I want nothing to do with this book. Like this yeah. book is all about this happy, precious time. And now I'm fighting for my child's life. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That Did was you end up writing- Sorry to bring it down. <laughs> no, it's fine. Did you end up writing about the leukemia time of life? I did. I I blogged throughout the whole thing, um, which was really kind of a form of therapy for me um, and a source of support. So that was great. Um, and what was really nice about that was later hearing from other parents going through the same thing that they, you know, it was helpful for them. And I wrote about it in that novel that didn't get published, <laughs> the not fun one. Wait, okay. tell me about that. Maybe it has a new life now that you have this published. What, what? I, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like maybe it's not, it's not like who I am as a writer now, but it was about, you know, the whole experience, you know, obviously when you have an ill child, it's like horrible, but we were sort of our family going in into it with the best case scenario, right? We had resources, we had friends and family, but I kept imagining like how much harder it is for those who are not so fortunate. So I wrote a story more from the point of view of someone who's from a really troubled family, troubled situation, who has a child with cancer, but her sort of do-gooder neighbor kind of wants to, she's a little bit of like a drama vampire, or a emotional vampire who wants to come in and 
help and it gets a little creepy and invasive, but it's all, it's very much about class. It's about gentrification. I think it's a decent book, but it's, it's very different from what I'm doing now. So I don't know if it, it will have, or even needs to have a life, but it was good to write cathartic. I feel like my own experience is so similar to yours. And now I'm like, like I also wrote about my twins. I wrote like I self-published it because I had no intention of publishing it. Like yeah. I didn't try to, I wanted to make it a gift for my best friend who was having twins. Oh, like, that's great. Morsels, what I learned from having twins. And mm-hmm. then I wrote a memoir and I also have written very, like I tried to write literary fiction. I wrote an entire book as a prose poem, you know. <laughs> that's impressive. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and I don't write poetry, but I was like, oh, I just like every sentence will be a line and I'll do it like this. And this will be so great. And, you know, and then I finally was just like, you know what? I'm just going to make it funny and like have fun. And yes. like- that's the book. Now that's the one coming out because it's much more who I am. And I'm like, I tried so hard to write the books I thought I was supposed to write or that like would be important or respected or whatever. And like, I don't even know, like it wasn't until I just like let go of all of it. Totally. That it worked for me. And yeah, so I don't know, but I just feel like I'm like, I mean, that's the same thing. It's like, yeah, it's the same. You have to put all of yourself in. Like, I think that's when you find, you know, that's finding your voice, right? It's like letting go of what you think you should do and doing what, what you love to do, what like gives you pleasure, what gives you joy. Not that it's never hard, but that's, I think that's the, the case in so many things, right? When we're trying to do what we think we should do, there's a part of us that we're denying to ourselves. So it makes sense that like the book where you're finally like, I'm just gonna have fun that's where you're going to succeed. And that's awesome. So funny. Well, yes. this feels so like cinematic to me. Has it been optioned yet? Are you working on that? Not yet, but I would, oh my gosh, I would be, I would be so thrilled if that happened. So, you know, if you know anyone, I'll uh, put in a good word. I, <laughs> I, right. I think it'd be a fun series. Like I think it would be. I a, so I, too. Yeah. We'll see. Just so timely and topical. Okay. I'll see if I, <laughs> if I can sprinkle any fairy dust on it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sure you have people working on it, but um yeah, it's just so good. And I love even the whole like political, like what does it mean when your spouse wants to do something? Like you even had something at the beginning, or not maybe not the beginning, but how Kat or Kathleen or whatever has to grit her teeth when her husband is like, Okay, well now I want to run for office. And she's like, Haven't I just been like waiting around for you? Like now we have to take even less of you. like Right. We have to share you with even more people. Yeah. Just to live out your dream, but how can she not support his dream? Right. And it's one of those, like, when is it her turn? Which of course is like the crux of the book, but it's like, how do you support your spouse and help them follow their dreams when it diametrically is opposed to what you will gain from it? Not that you're ever supposed to think that way, you know? Right. Yeah. I think that's, and that probably happens more than, it's tough when you, especially if you have, Two people who, you know, are ambitious and, you know, have, you know, have passions and Kathleen did have a passion, but she sort of, I mean, it's two things, you know, she, she sort of gave up quickly because she couldn't handle the rejection. You know, she was an aspiring writer, but she also, yeah, she had to increasingly sublimate her own thing to her husband, who's like this charismatic, slightly smarmy politician guy, but yeah, and I think it's something in midlife too. For midlife women, you kind of have this come to Jesus where you're like, well, you know, am I doing what I want to be doing? Am I, you know, am I just being a, you know, support for other people or am I really 
doing what, you know, what I am passionate about. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, as a 46 year old woman, this could not have rung more true for me. The whole thing is just so funny. And also you must be so thrilled or not thrilled. I mean, that's, but like, there is such a, a spotlight now on menopause and like that it's now all these nonfiction books are being, you know, held up and it's a huge mm-hmm. thing in the times recently. And like, finally people are like talking about it, yes. all of that. Yes. So this is like the most timely read, honestly. Well, yeah, <laughs> certainly I'm, oh, we're almost the same. I'm 48 and I'm like, it's on my mind. And the other thing is like that, you know, periods too. And like, there's just this awful thing, you know, this thing about not in Florida, like not talking to girls about their periods before sixth grade. And I, it's just, you know, when the average age of onset is between nine and 14 or something. So yeah, the, the stuff around period, I guess, menstrual justice is sort of what the movement is called is, is relevant too. And I'm glad to see that, you know, it's, it's much needed and much overdue, but yeah. I, I mean, not that I should be sharing this, but like, I didn't know what was happening when I got like, cause I was pretty young and I literally thought like I was dying. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's the worst, but anyway. yeah. 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 I was like, nobody, and nobody taught me about it in school for like two more years, you know? Oh gosh. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It was See? late in my school and I was early and whatever. So, you know, you just yeah. you gotta be talking about it openly, more openly, which I still find hard, honestly. Like my kids are way more open about this stuff than I am. Like, my daughter will like call down the stairs, like, mom, can you bring me a pad? And like, you know, my husband's right there. Like, I never would have done anything like that as a kid. My God, I yeah, died. No, me neither. And even, I can't even think of any other books that even address something like this most, you know, this is like one of those essays you write, like what's the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. And, but it has happened. And I know you write about this in the book, how many people it's happened to, and that there's this whole outpouring of people who have had, you know, spotting or whatever you want to call it, or like, you know, the splotch you called it at one point, you know, all of that. (laughs) But just, you know, the other sort of indignities of the fact that this happens to us and like making it so funny. And I don't know, it's about time, basically. Yeah, right. It shouldn't, it shouldn't be a a big deal, but it inevitably is, of course, you know. And I think people don't know also that like when you're perimenopausal, like when you're approaching menopause, your periods can be bonkers. And that's sort of like, they can be all out of whack. They can be heavy. They can be light. They can disappear. So yeah, <laughs> just, we don't talk about that kind of stuff enough. So I'm talking about it now. Yeah. But, and even how impossible it is to cut short getting your highlights done. Yeah. <laughs> and if you have somewhere to be, you just cannot cut that process nope. off. Nope. You cannot. You can't start getting <laughs> those foils out. Nope. You gotta, you gotta sit through it. <laughs> And I loved your New York and Hamptons seat, like the whole thing. It was just so great. It was so great. I really, really loved it. So are you working on another novel now or another memoir? What are you up to? I'm working on a novel in my head. Like I haven't put much on the page yet, but it's baking. It's about two pair of twin sisters who hate each other, but have to sort of band together when their little coastal town on Cape Cod is destroyed by like a giant storm so it's kind of it's kind of cli-fi but it's silly cli-fi not silly but i've um, never heard that term before you haven't oh cli-fi yeah it's a, it's a any books about climate change cli-fi oh my gosh mm-hmm. so there's out, a lot out there so out of it i mean i, I it's, it's, it's yeah of course yeah, now you know you heard it here first there you go. heard it there first <laughs> 
now you're going to start. Now it's all you're going to see, right? You're just going to No, I mean, I, I know there are a lot of books like that. And I've like done, I just haven't heard it as a term. I love the term. That. Yeah. Like Quitlib and Cli-Fi and I <laughs> all these like subgenres of books and yeah. And all of that. Yeah. Um, so what's the most creative sort of marketing thing that's been going on with your book? Oh, that's, that's a good question. So Anchor, the publisher, you know, they, they made a cool little package and I love they, they created to go out to influencers and they made a, a bookmark that says hashtag, yes, we bleed on one side and hashtag, yes, we read on the other side. <laughs> Great. Like I've just, we just keep coming up with, yes, we, whatever, you know, yes, we pour the book around. <laughs> yes, we, whatever. So that was pretty cool. I don't know. I'm, I'm, Hoping there'll be more more fun stuff ahead. So so exciting. Yeah. It's been fun. Well, Jane, I'm such a fan. And again, I just I have not laughed until I cried this hard <laughs> in so long. It was so great. It, it's just so funny. I, I couldn't put it down. Could not put it down. I'm so thank you. thank you so much. Oh, it's awesome talking with you. I really appreciate it. And I'm yes, I'm so glad that you laughed a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much. And we'll stay in touch. <laughs> yeah. Hope so. All right. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Right. Thanks, Jane. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project... There's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com